tonight. Face to face at last for the Super Clash, the Twin Towers versus the Mega Powers. It all started in the golden days of summer when the madness joined the menu to mark the first triumph of the Mega Powers, the Hulkster, Macho Man, and the lovely Miss Elizabeth. But very soon, the lying smile of Brother Love betrayed the Hulkster, stunned by the brutal boss man. And blinded by the Sly Slickster, the Hulkster barely survived the beating that would have crippled the lesser man. Justice came swiftly to Brother Love, but the Slickster continued his vile agenda as his bully boys, boss man, and Akeem Pearl Harbor the Mega Powers. Ejected from the ring that night, the treacherous twins were soon back to their dirty work, double teaming the lone Hulkster. But then, the ultimate in cowardice, the handcuffing and vicious manhandling of the lovely Miss Elizabeth, enraging the Macho Man Randy Savage to this heroic rescue. What's Slickster's response? A barbaric assault on the exposed spinal column of the Macho Man, rendering the brave champion helpless. Only the full brunt of Hulkamania could deter this treacherous threesome and issue the challenge to clash. Fair and square, team versus team, tonight in the main event. We welcome back to the show today, Mark Dundado. How are you doing this evening, Mark? Very well, thank you. Good to be back again. Yes, welcome back. It's not been too long in podcast time, but it has been somewhat of a long time in real life time. Um, <laughs> my start of these podcasts do not get any better. We are now going back in our time machine to February the 3rd, 1989, and WWF The Main Event 2. So after the huge success of Hogan versus Andre, the second encounter uh, back in what February 1988. The WF did this again live on NBC on February the 3rd, 1989, at uh, 8pm in front of a huge 19.9 million viewers who tuned in for this, this show from the Bradley Centre in Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee's quite... Mil, how do you say that word? That's quite a hard word to say, isn't it? Milwaukee? I, I always think of... Did you ever see Wayne's World? Yes, Maybe. yeah. Because... Alice Cooper starts giving a history to Wayne and Garth about the history of Milwaukee. As it, as oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. I don't know how, how we call it now, but yeah. I can only apologise for butchering that off the top. Um, but now, we're going to go straight into this because this is, this is quite the show that we're covering uh, today. So whether this is a, a knock on the AWA or not, I don't know. But Vince in the opening voiceover, which you've just heard a clip of, talked about the upcoming match between the Mega Powers and Akeem and the Big Boss Man as being the Super Clash. Now, I'm pretty sure we'd had at least one Super Clash by this point, if not two. One of them was one of the worst shows I've ever seen. Uh, we then got clips of Hogan and Savage at SummerSlam 88, and later Hogan being beaten down by the Twin Towers and having something sprayed in his eyes. Uh, then a later attack on Savage included them cuffing Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. This was all played without any hint of problems between Hogan and Savage at all. So I wonder what came next, spoiler alert, whether it was quite a shock to people. What do you make of this opening and this kind of look back over the mega powers and all their difficulties with the Twin Towers with Vince's sort of voice over here? I liked all the footage to put together. It was really good. Um, Vince was doing his turned up to 11 voiceover voice, obviously. Yeah. And he used a few unusual phrases that stood out 
one one part of his speech was a barbaric assault on the exposed spinal column of the macho yes, man, spinal rendering column. the brave challenge the brave champion helpless. Only the full brunt of Hulkamania could deter this treacherous threesome. <laughs> I thought that was a bit much. But uh, do you think that the, um, the NBC guys wrote a script for Vince for this? It's very possibly. Do you do you know why it was a Friday main event and not a Saturday night's main event? Well, I think because this was the big angle and they did do a main event again the following year because this was live rather than taped. So, oh, um, Saturday they, night's main event, not live then? No, Saturday night's main event was always taped. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, right. so, so the main, they did a main event three before WrestleMania six, but there, I, 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 we, may, we may do a show on that at some point in the future, but there was no big angle on that, and that's the last time they did it, but that's the reason they got, they got the primetime slot. Because um, right. I guess on a Saturday, it would have been, what, 11.30, I think, Saturday night's main event? Or was it certainly late, wasn't it? Yeah, late, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Vince welcomed us to the brand new $50 million Bradley Center uh, with this arena having been opened just the prior October. Jesse was peacocking in a black T-shirt with a peacock on it. It's a, a unique look there. And Vince said it would be one of the greatest WWF main events ever. Jesse said the super clash would be simple arithmetic. It would add up to Twin Towers winning because three was better than one. They did a little gag about poker and Vince said they could not overlook Elizabeth. Uh, we got a quick break, and then after the break, they threw back to Akeem, the big boss man, and Slick. Mean Gene asked them what they wanted. Slick said, chill out, Holmes. <laughs> Slick said, they are three men, and three men will always beat two men. Gene said that that remains to be seen. He then asked what the other laws were of wrestling dynamics, and Slick called Gene an idiot, and Akeem said, kill or be kill, eat or be eaten, and he was hungry. Slick said the second was the law of the land, and the boss man said they had the right to feel pain, they had the right to an attorney and he'd get beaten up as well. I thought this was really good fun. What did you think of this backstage segment with Akima and the boss man? Yeah, I did too. Uh, the way Slick introduced both guys individually, he talked about the law of the jungle and then Akeem said a few words and then the law of the land and obviously the boss man got his bit. Um, I like boss man's line, you have the right to suffer, you have the right to feel pain and if you wish to have an attorney present, I'll hurt him too. Yeah, Sexist, really but, good. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, sexist. Uh, yeah, I'll hurt him. But um Akeem wobbling around on the spot was pretty distracting. I thought he can't stand still now. He's uh he's a dancing guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was it just makes you think about when he won the UWF title, which wasn't all well, I guess it would have been at two and a half, two and a bit years, two and a half years, a bit less than two and a half years before this, and he's like the happiest man that there's ever been. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess it wasn't too long after he changed to Akeem from the one-man gang. Would it, would it have been early 88, I suppose, they made that well, I think he was one-man gang at WrestleMania 4, wasn't was he? Was he? Okay. Of course um, he was, because it was savage, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, how I strange. If you go pay-per-view to pay-per-view, I don't remember SummerSlam, but he was definitely Akeem at Survivor Series at the end of 88. That's a bit nuts, isn't it, when you think that Savage was in yeah. the... So, so little time, isn't it? But obviously the, the um, character had changed. Uh, we then got our video on the Mega Powers, and I'm pretty sure the original of this was set to your friend of mine. Do you know that, you know that song? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I might, maybe I'll play that at the end. There's, there's a song called You're a Friend of Mine, they occasionally play on Radio 2, which I think you'll recognise by Clarence Clemens and Jackson Brown. Um, but I, So I'm sure that was what this video was. I've seen it before, but the stock music really didn't, this didn't hit all that hard for me with that. Uh, we got all the key moments. Liz going to get Hogan for the first time, WrestleMania 4, loads of handshakes and posing. Uh, when we came back, Jesse said he thought it was disgusting and they'd edited the tapes to prove their point. He added, if Vince was around when Nixon was in the White House, he'd still be president. 
and there was a lot of dissension in the mega powers. Vince disagreed with this assessment and threw backstage, backstage the three of them with Gene. Before I move on, what did you make of this mega powers recap and package here? Yeah, I, I made a note about the legendary ultra intense handshake that they did over and over. I believe you used to do that with your mates in, in New York. Yes, days. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my friend Peter Norris, who may or may not be listening, we did Mega Powers handshake. In fact, I think we did it on his wedding day, actually. There's a photo of us dressed up at his wedding doing Mega Powers handshake. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I noticed amongst the flexing, the posing, and the handshaking, there was one, just one brief clip of Savage and Hogan accidentally bumping into each other and turning mm. around like, hey, what was that? And, Ven- and it was just quite subtle. I like that. And Ventura mentioned that there was a lot of dissension within the mega powers that Vince disagreed with. Um, I, just before they introduced that, though, it showed them in the arena and they showed a great camera angle, very unusual, looking at the back of McMahon and Ventura's heads, who seemed to be halfway between the hard cam and the ring. I thought that was pretty interesting. It's not something you saw often. Yeah, um, I think they, they certainly turned the, the production up a notch on NBC, I, th- yeah. I think, definitely. Yeah, and, more and cameras. Then I also noted that thing about Ventura saying McMahon had edited the footage. If Vince was around when Nixon was president, he'd still in, be in the White House. I found that ironic because 30 years later, it was Vince's wife who actually was in the cabinet of a corrupt president. Oh, <laughs> I think that's probably... Uh, should we say allegedly or should we say... Oh, allegedly. allegedly. Sorry. I don't yeah. think we're going to get sued by... No, my those. camera, my microphone cut out. I said... Well, yeah, we're not going to get sued by the state of Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> where was I going with this? So, oh, yeah, what I was going to say is, it's interesting that they played so hard there wasn't dissension because there certainly had been dissension by this point because there was an angle at the Royal Rumble, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, there was um, a couple, like I said, a, a, a bumping into each other. And I, I liked in that video... We just saw the one very short, very quick clip of that just to put it in there in your mind. Yeah, and actually looking back on it now, if you if you watch in the SummerSlam 88, Savage was giving him a weird look and they played it. I mean, no wonder this is such good business, but they play, played this to perfection. Um, we then got Gene, Hogan and Savage together and Gene asked Hogan about the triangle of love. Um, and he talked about the love that uh, basically Hogan said he talk, talked about the love that he had with Elizabeth being like a brother and sister. His love with Randy was like a brother. And then the love that Randy and Liz had was different. A love, the love between a man and a woman. And he said he saw the way that they looked at each other. It was a, like a laser stronger than the sun. And it was the love. It was love that would lead the mega powers to victory. And Randy added that when Liz felt the pain, he felt the pain and the pain wouldn't stop until the Twin Towers came crumbling down on primetime television. Jean said to Elizabeth that she had really got her wrestlers pumped up and she delighted, said, well, thanks, Mean Jean. And this again was played totally straight, complete babyface from Savage. Uh, what did you think of this? I, I liked it. Yeah, it was, it was good that they weren't, they weren't overdoing the dissension. Jean didn't even bring it up. And... Um... Yeah, I was pretty critical of Elizabeth in my previous appearance on this podcast uh, about her effectiveness as a manager. Uh, I was surprised because it didn't happen often that she actually got a line in this promo, like you said. Well, thank you, Mean Jean. So that was a Yeah, yeah. Nice she looked very change. pleased with herself. Uh, pleased with herself. Um, the Mega Powers were out next and Hogan's music was out, which I was offended. This is my Apple Watch telling me about the plot synopsis for a film called Herself. Herself is a 2020 drama film directed by Blida Lloyd from a screenplay by Malcolm Campbell and Claire Dunn. Sounds missable to me. Um, yeah, Hogan's music played. He's not the champion. This is the first thing. 
I was offended by over the next sort of 35 minutes or so. Uh, and Jesse said he could feel the heat in the frozen tundra of Milwaukee as these two got a great reaction. So here we go. The Mega Powers last hurrah. And if you didn't know that was coming, apologies. Um, but Hogan, um, this was this was quite something. I thought that this was really good action. Hogan took an incredible looking pile driver in the fairly early going in this match, which surprised me. Crowd was super into it, cheering every single positive babyface move and even counting the heels along with the ref while they were on the outside. Um, after what I thought was, you know, as I said, really good stuff. The big spot of the match took place around nine minutes. So Akeem threw Savage to the outside through the middle rope. And after Randy had recovered and got back in, Akeem did it to him again. But this time it was straight into Elizabeth. Now, I always wondered how they did this because the impact and the bump Liz took were really hard on the eye, actually. And I actually thought for years, I wondered whether they'd filmed this like in a different way or it was a doll or something because Elizabeth just like it crashes right into her head but I don't think they could have been because you could see the feet of some of the ringsiders so unless there was some trickery here I think this was as it was um and as I said Liz's uh, Savage's hip kind of caught Liz sort of in the back of the side of the head and, it, and like she just crumpled to the ground it's really hard to watch um the crowd gasped when this uh happened and Vince said oh my god no Hogan went outside to check on both. He seemed to blow on Liz's neck, which is really weird. I'm sure there was some, some <laughs> neck blow in there. Um, Savage got to his feet and looked on as Hogan appeared to be listening for breath, crouching over Elizabeth. That's not nice. Leave me alone, watch. What are you, what are you doing? Um, yeah, Savage got to his feet and looked on as Hogan was basically listening to listen breath, as I said. Savage pointed at Hogan, but Akeem pulled Savage back in the ring. Right. Jesse said the mega powers were in deep trouble and Elizabeth was useless. Look what she's done now. Hogan lifted Liz up slightly and she looked like she was completely out of it. He carried her off as Randy looked on from the apron before he was knocked off there by the big boss man. At the end of the aisleway, Hogan put Liz on a stretcher and then helped lead her out into backstage. Um, some of these bits I've seen before, um, but some of this stuff I hadn't seen before at all. Hogan shouted, Come on, somebody help us, Jesus. Uh, and to be fair to him, his tone was absolutely spot on. Uh, this eventually led into the room, which we all would recognise um, when uh, Liz was kind of put on that kind of hospital bed or something, I guess. Uh, the crowd chanted Hogan, um, and we couldn't see what was going on in the room. Presumably Savage had been half killed at this point. And I just thought, damn you, WWF 80s crowd, chant for Savage. Um, Hogan begged the doctor to do something. He then said, this is, this is disgusting. He said to Elizabeth, Randy didn't mean it. I swear <laughs> he didn't. What? What on earth is that? Gaslighting in 1989 live on NBC. <laughs> and obviously he didn't mean it. It was clear an accident. And I thought this is basically like Hogan turning heel here. Like, what was he doing? What was he thinking? Now, I'm going to pause there and it's up to you, Mark. You can go, go with your thoughts up to this point or I can carry on to the whole thing and you can do it all on go. Whatever you want to do here because there's a lot of stuff here. I think everything you mentioned there, that was about 15, 20 minutes of uh, of action. So I'll, I'll go through my notes just uh, quickly. Uh, the match itself, before the big bump, um, <clears throat> I noted how good the big boss man looked. You mentioned that big pile driver that looked fantastic. Um, he took a huge bump early on over the top rope from an atomic drop. He looked really good. Yeah, he did. Um, something I always liked about Jesse Ventura's commentary that, he always favoured the heels and badmouthed the baby faces, but he would still point out when a heel messed up. Yeah, there was a point where the boss man hit an ex hit that pile driver, and he paused before tagging out. And Ventura straight away said that was a mistake. 
he should have gone for a pin, etc. Um, the pace had quickened and the crowd heat intensified when Savage was finally able to tag in. And he finally got Akeem off his feet because there was a nice little story there where Hogan was trying everything and Akeem was staggered, but he didn't go down until Macho Man hit a high crossbody off the top rope. Uh, the big bump, I thought Elizabeth got into position for it and took it absolutely perfectly because it looked devastating yeah. the way he landed on her, like you said. Um, as Hogan was checking on her, I did throw up a little in my mouth when I saw multiple beads of sweat drip from his forehead into her oh, face. Um, God, that's so grim. <laughs> <laughs> Once I saw it, I couldn't forget it. Um, I liked how they didn't rush it. Um, Savage got the point across that he didn't like seeing Hogan holding Elizabeth and getting up close with her, but Akeem grabbed him and pulled him back inside the ring before they dwelled on it too long. Yeah. He just did it the right, the right way. And um, I, I continued to be impressed by each step of this journey they were taking us on. I mean, Hogan didn't simply pick up Elizabeth and carry her to the back. The camera was positioned so that we could see Hogan look back in the ring just as Savage was mounting a comeback. He was beating on both opponents. Everything looked fine in the ring. So from Hogan's point of view, he wasn't deserting a partner who needed help. It was a he had the opportunity to get help for Elizabeth. So I like that. That that was really well done. Um, uh, they did seem to go through what felt like half a mile of corridors to get to that first aid room. They, they were going round and round uh, n- numerous corridors. Um, uh, you mentioned there Hogan's tone, Hogan's tone as well. My first thought was, oh, he's going a bit over the top here, but I, I don't think he did. I think he kept it just the right side of over the top. He did in this do, bit. He did in this bit. In this yeah. bit, yeah, yeah. We'll get to the, we'll get to the later part, but because you hear in real life about people who take a blow to the head and 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 they don't recover, yeah, so your head getting crushed between a two hundred and forty pound man and the concrete floor could, in theory, be gravely serious. Um, yes. So yeah, I, like you said, I, I don't know how they managed to do it that good. Whether they do a few, done a few trial runs with with a crash mat underneath her or what, but. He landed on it. It looked devastating, but from we haven't heard any stories of her being genuinely injured. I think they got it perfect. Yeah, and I still wonder if there was some trickery there because NBC would have had, would have had been, had the ability to put some people down there. And you got the the shot of him hitting was quite a tight shot. So I do wonder, but I think we'd know. Would we not know with all the podcasts and their various things about that? Exactly. Yeah, Bruce nothing Pritchard, ever I come think, up. I've never heard that story. Um, Back from break, they showed Savage in the ring uh, and then backstage Hogan again saying again saying that Savage didn't mean it. Um, Elizabeth was now awake looking up at Hogan. I just thought, how can anyone cheer this div after this, saying this to Elizabeth? Um, Hogan then ran out eventually to save Savage and, of course, got a huge response from these idiots. Um, Ventura blamed Elizabeth on commentary and Vince said, how insensitive can someone be? Savage eventually rallied and hurled both Twin Towers out of the ring. He then approached Hogan and instead of tagging him, he drilled him with a slap. Vince said, what was that for? And I thought perhaps the the, the stuff in the back, Vince, the, the gaslight or maybe blowing on Liz's neck while she was unconscious. Um, Savage then stalked around the aisleway while the crowd implored him to return. And Jesse, this was weird. Jesse got on his back for a moment and said it was the same in combat. You don't turn tail and run. But then later, he was very, he was very positive about Savage Jackson. So it was almost like he got lost in what was happening here. Um, I didn't think the crowd initially reacted in a hugely negative way. I thought there was more confusion and probably disbelief. I don't, I just don't think if, you know, if we, if you and I were wrestling fans back then, uh, well, we were soon thereafter, we were watching this at 
12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and then we weren't inside or getting the rest of the observer or I don't know if the torch was available, but you know what I mean? I'm not sure we'd have thought this was going to happen. I think this was really shocking given that everything, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. But I think there would, we certainly, I think, would have wanted it not to happen because I think we'd have been brought into this act. So I think that it was it was tremendously well done in, in that respect. I think um, it's rare that 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 they get that subtlety and and they don't yeah. put it up in your face where you can't miss the fact that there's tension. I think they got it perfectly, and and that's why this thirty four years later, thirty three years later, this is still remembered as being one of the great WrestleMania uh, heel turn WrestleMania leadings because. Everything that they did so up to this point was was spot on. It really was. Yeah, it really was. Um, going back to the kind of Jesse sort of changed his mind. He then sort of came back and said that Hogan had left Randy to the Wolves. So it was kind of flipped completely. Hogan eventually won the match, pinning Akeem in about 19 minutes. He fought on a, off an attempt to cuff him and then cuff the big boss man Slick and then ran backstage to reap some more emotional havoc. He was then shown screaming for Macho Man um, and I have to say, this backstage stuff was really something. I mean, you touched on it in terms of the shot backstage orig- uh, originally. We've seen, I'd seen a snippet or two of UWF stuff backstage. Uh, but the World Wrestling Federation, I can't ever remember any video package or anything building up any matches like this. Uh, and this was inc- just an incredible production, um, especially given that WF had done very little live television at this point. So this is, you know, you're talking about, what, three WrestleMania, four WrestleManias, a Survivor Series and a couple of other specials on MTV and, and, and Wrestling Classic and stuff, but and, and the first main event, but they weren't that well. Ver- you, know, you think of, you know, they, they do more more live television in a month than they did the first probably, you know, four four years or so of Vince's um, Vince's purchase and expansion. Um, Savage was then shown saying to Elizabeth, "The world champion has to be number one." As she lay crying on the stretcher, Hogan came in then and asked what was wrong with him. He left him out there. Savage told Hogan he was out of line and he had jealous eyes. Savage said he was carrying Hogan. He was number one in the mega powers. Hogan tried to reason with him. Savage said he'd never asked him for a title shot because he can't beat him, as in Hogan never asked him for a title shot. Savage pushed him in the face and Hogan told him not to touch him. Hogan said he was wrong and told him to get out of his face. Savage said he can take anything but not those lust eyes, lust in his eyes for Elizabeth. Savage said Hogan turned his guts in two. Savage then blasted Hogan with a belt and then beat him down. Liz went to check on Hogan and Savage said he would splatter her, um, which wasn't very nice. And he pulled up and then he threw her badly across the room. This was, this was quite uncomfortable. Um, Savage went to hit Hogan with a belt again. Sorry, with a belt again. And Brutus Beefcake, of all people, made the save. And he was hit by Savage. Randy then attacked an official as Beefcake screamed for Savage to get out of there. Hogan tried to get up and said, Oh God, he's wrong. <laughs> Which is so so funny. I think us complimenting Hogan's tone was God at this point. Oh God, he's wrong. Um, the bit on Elizabeth backstage, I could have done without that being quite so vicious. Uh, and the odd bit of with Hogan didn't make a lot of sense. I kind of healed him a bit. But that aside, I am nitpicking. This was absolutely tremendous television from top to bottom. And no wonder this payoff ended up blowing anything they'd ever done before out of the water. And this record for WrestleMania 5 in a, in a massively reduced pay-per-view universe in 1989 would stay in place until Steve Austin versus The Rock, right at the height of the Attitude Era in 1989 to 10 years. So just incredible stuff. What do you think of the second part here, of the explosion of the Mega Powers? Yeah, towards the end of the match there, um, when Hogan came back out, 
Savage could see Hogan reaching out for the tag, but he ignored him. And once again, they didn't need to spell it out for us. We could tell that Savage had seen Hogan. He chose not to tag him. Um, eventually, he gestured like he was going to, and he slapped him in the face instead. So as Savage walked back up the aisle, uh, the Twin Towers attempted a move I've never seen before, which I can only describe as a conga splash into the corner. Because mm. Hakeem held Bossman around the waist like they were starting a conga. <laughs> and then they both charged at Hogan together. It looked crazy. Luckily, he moved out of the way. Um, and then that, yet another nice touch. Savage did look, as he was halfway down the aisle, like he was having a change of heart. He turned around, walked back to the ring, and the crowd reacted like he's doing the right thing. But it wasn't to help Hulk. He, it was to get his title belt, and then he really did leave for good. Yeah. I like that. Um, and then it happened. I should have seen it come in, but I really thought after they'd put this together so effectively, they would do the right finish. Slick's three-on-two game plan got a boost when it went down to three-on-one, but alas, the Hulkster still got the pinfall. Uh, I don't, no, no real need for that, but it was this era Hulk had to yeah. win. Um, and then after the bell, they went for a post-match beat down, maybe to get some heat back, but Hogan came out on top of that as well. And I think this was the end of the Twin Towers main event run, and I'm not surprised after that. They both took a sort of demotion down the card after this. Um, as the cut between Hogan walking the endless corridors of the Bradley Centre in the first aid room, we could see that Savage wasn't checking if Elizabeth was okay. He was giving her a telling off as she was laid motionless uh, like that. And then their intense argument in the first aid room, once Hogan got there, revealed more about Savage's real feelings. He, yeah. claimed Hogan, he claimed Hogan is the jealous one because Rand is the WWF champion. But then his own jealousy came to the surface. Because In that line that you mentioned, he said, I'm not number three in the Mega Powers, I'm number one. So he obviously had a bit of self-doubt. I like that line. That was a good line. Um, it looked momentarily like Macho had left the room as he backed out of the camera shot. And then as soon as Hulk looked away from him and towards Elizabeth, that's when Savage struck, um, laid out the Hulkster. I really hope there was a crash mat or something just out of shot because Elizabeth went flying across that yeah, room. Like you said, that was uncomfortable um, before Beefcake came in for the save. Uh, but again, yeah, the the whole thing, it was really, really well put together. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. I encourage you to go out of your way to watch this. And, and just when you thought things couldn't get any better, out came Mid-South Hero Hercules. South Hero? Mid-South Hero Hercules. Uh, I was say legend, but hero came out. And Vince asked for Jesse's reaction. He said he predicted this. He's been talking about all the major problems they've been having, and tonight was the explosion of those. Jesse said it's too bad about Elizabeth, but if you want to do the dance, eventually you have to pay the fiddler. Uh, backstage with Gene and Hogan, along with the medical person and Beefcake, Gene said they wouldn't be able to talk to Hulk because of his current mental state. Uh, out came Ted DiBiase making his winter residence in the Netherlands Antilles. Hercules is wearing blue trunks here, which is a bit odd. Uh, and the story was DiBiase had purchased the contract of Hercules with Bobby Heenan and, according to Vince, wanted to make him his personal whatever. Uh, Vince said at the conclusion of the match, they will attempt again to get an interview with Hulk Hogan. Um, so this was match nine on the night for the live crowd with seven dark matches prior to the Mega Powers, including the Brain Busters versus the Rockers and Andre the Giant versus Jake Roberts. Uh, and DiBiase won in seven minutes and 12 seconds after some interference from Virgil and a tight assisted roll-up. And this was after Hercules had drilled Ted's head into a turnbuckle wrapped in a chain and Ted DiBiase kicked out like it was nothing. 
Um, closing sequences were a bit iffy and nothing particularly offensive though beforehand but fair to say that the crowd weren't exactly up for this given everything they'd seen on the show up to this point and I wonder if they thought that the whole show was live perhaps I don't know Um, because I think that people would be a bit confused by that back then Uh, what did you make of this DiBiossi and Hercules match? Uh, Well during the entrances uh, as you said Jesse Ventura was very pleased with himself he was happily telling Vince McMahon that he said there were problems within the Mega Powers months ago um, there was a, a, a lively start with Hercules attacking DiBiase and Virgil before they even got in the ring. There was one dodgy spot there early on where Hercules was going to clothesline Virgil over the top rope to the outside, but Virgil took the bump before Hercules had reached him with the clothesline. That looked a bit odd. Uh, I realised as the match was going on that this was actually a battle of former Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions. They were... They had a title reign together at one point. Oh, the did they? I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, that must have been during, I used to say, my era, but that must have been during the year I was watching it. 80, yeah. yeah, it was 84 while we were yeah. watching. And um, yeah, uh, that just came came to mind. Um, Hercules was kicking out of DiBiase's pin attempts with such power that DiBiase flew up in the air and splatted to the mat each time. I like that. Um the way DiBiase and Virgil distracted the referee, Joey Morella, was nicely done. First, so DiBiase could ram Hercules head first into his own chains, around the, which Virgil had wrapped around the turnbuckle. And then secondly, when Virgil got the referee's attention to divert away from Hercules, having DiBiase in his torture rack. Um, yeah, the finish was a straightforward schoolboy. My immediate reaction to that was that Hercules looked a bit weak, not being able to kick out of it, but mm. he got his heat back after the match with a big body slam. But overall, I quite liked it. And there weren't many million-dollar man singles matches I didn't like in his whole WWE run, though. He, no, he definitely. Backstage, Gene Hulk, Brutus had a yellow jumper on from nowhere. God knows where he got this from. I guess he was clearly cold in the frozen tundra. Um, Hogan had an ice pack on his head. And shouted Randy, and then some other things I couldn't make out. This was absolutely incredible, but not in a good way. Hogan was, was mumbling through gritted teeth, and you occasionally caught a jealous or Elizabeth <laughs> before he ran off shouting, Randy, Randy. What did you make of this uh, this first bit of Hogan before we get on to the next bit? Yeah, someone was watching this and thought, yeah, he's going to be the star of my next movie. <laughs> really? It was not good. Um, as the the cameraman got in very close just as Hulk Hogan dropped the ice pack from his forehead to reveal nothing. Uh, <laughs> there was no cut. There wasn't even a bruise. Um, I was kind of hoping Jesse Ventura would point that out afterwards and put more conspiracy theory in our minds, but he didn't. Um, yeah, the camera stayed on him such a long time. It was just the grunting and the groaning with his head down. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 ha- I had in my mind, maybe you were going to mention... Uh, a man with constipation because I know you oh. brought that up in the podcast before that as it zoomed in on him head down grunting that's what came to my mind it says more about me than it does you I mean I don't I, I have cracked a few constipation gags but because I perpetually live in a state of the opposite of constipation <laughs> exactly, it's not yeah. something a feeling that I know too well uh, so back from the break, Vince and Jesse, and Jesse said Hogan got everything he asked for finally Vince disputed this and said that Hogan took Elizabeth back when Randy wouldn't Vince asked Jesse about the lust, and Jesse said it was more than a friendship. Hogan wants Elizabeth. And just when you thought this show couldn't get any better, we went backstage again for more out-of-his-mind Hulk Hogan, shouting, Randy, macho! 
smashing up backstage. He went into poor Jim Neidhart's dressing room and he threw his head against something. Shawn Michaels then got manhandled. All the, ba- all the baby faces and tag teams. Shawn Michaels got manhandled. And then, of all people, Bret Hart. No wonder he hates Hogan. He probably holds a grudge from this 1999. So why did this knob not just go and manhandle all the heels rather than us? Uh, and then he told Martin Gigenti to get out of the way as he continued his unhinged rant. How is this guy supposed to be the baby face? I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, sure, they could have some heel tag teams like hanging out. But regardless of Hogan's improvisation here, top to bottom, genuinely, genuinely, this is one of the most entertaining 45 minutes of wrestling television I think the WF have ever done. I thought I said wrestling television. I guess they've done some non-wrestling television. Everything from a serious money-making angle to Hulk Hogan having a live on-air breakdown. Go out of your way to watch this. Mark, give me your thoughts on this, this, this final segment here and also your final thoughts on the WWF main event too. Yeah, as Hogan was stomping through the backstage area, banging on doors, throwing stuff around, at one point, there was an executive of some kind in a suit um, walking through the shop and he seemingly ignored what Hulk was doing. For me, if the producer wanted someone walking past to make it look like, yes, it's a real backstage, there are people around, I'd have made this guy look a bit hesitant seeing this six foot eight, 300 pound angry man throwing stuff around. But he, ju- he didn't even look up or break his stride. He just walked <laughs> through like, coming through, excuse me. Um <laughs> that, that, that was odd. Uh, Hulk, like you said, he forcefully asked Jim Neidhart, then Shawn Michaels, then Bret Hart, where Savage was. But I did note that whereas the Anvil and Shawn Michaels each took a small bump for Hulk, Bret did not. He did no, good on him, Bret. And stayed on his feet. Uh, overall, then, yeah, um, I always thought it back in the day, but seeing this play out now in 2022 eyes, this really was one of the best story arcs I think WWE did definitely in the 1980s but i'd, I'd say all, all time yeah. if i had to put a top 5 wrestlemania builds together i would i would always mention the build to wrestlemania 5 here yeah um the viewers know that savage was wrong thinking that hogan was lusting after elizabeth but there was enough stuff there with the things hogan did and the things he said during that mega powers run where you could understand how macho man came to the conclusion there was something going on yeah it was just the there was just enough. Um, I enjoyed the whole show. The promos before the first match were good. It was a loud, raucous crowd for both matches, actually. Um, I did note what you've already brought up. According to Wikipedia, the show drew an 11.6 rating, 19.9 million viewers, which definitely isn't too shabby for any era. No, um, no. The only thing I wasn't into was that last two minutes. Um, for me, they should have ended it with Mean Gene unable to get a word with the Hulkster as he was on that stretcher. I think that would have been a good sign-off. Yeah, I definitely agree. Now, for a little bit of bonus content, originally we were talking about doing the Saturday night's main event that immediately uh, came after the main event because there are there is some, some, some more stuff in it, which I don't think either, well, apart from you, I think you've dipped into it, but before now... Neither of us have seen any of this stuff. And I don't think any of this stuff is used on the video package at WrestleMania 5 either. So what we're going to do is we're, gonna, we're not going to go through the whole show. But we're just going to play a bit, a bit of you, sort of new WF style of recent shows. Some of the promos, I think there's three or four segments between the Mega Powers to follow this up. And the opening of the show, which is built around Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth couldn't say that properly then. Decisions. Let's listen in. Tonight's the decision of a lifetime for the lovely Miss Elizabeth. She must choose between the Hulkster and the Macho Man once and for all. But it used to be different. 
Elizabeth held the mega powers together. The madness and the mania, like nitro and glycerin, powerful and explosive, harnessed by Miss Elizabeth. She rode atop the wrestling world. But then, the unprovoked public slap and humiliation of the Hulkster by the Macho Man. And then, the vicious head blow of the Heavy Metal Championship belt, the Hulkster sword. Heavy Metal Championship belt. The Macho Man, still enraged, brutally tossing Elizabeth into solid concrete. Oh. The mega powers were no more. And so tonight, Elizabeth I'm must choose thinking because the camera didn't pan. There was something there to break her fall. Do you think there probably was? You think? Yeah, the way the camera didn't move, it just she just flew off screen, back flat back bump. Yeah, I think she landed on something. I hope she landed on something. Yeah, I hope so too, because that would have been other or otherwise awful. But let's listen in on Hulk Hogan's promo. So I think we've got Hogan, then it cuts to Elizabeth. Uh, so let's listen in to Hogan. If I can get the volume turn up. What did he say? But the Hulkster will. After tonight, Bad News Brown will be yesterday's news. Read all about it. So that wasn't about WrestleMania at all, was it? So that's about his match coming up with Bad News Brown. Should we listen to what Bad News Brown's got to say about Miss Elizabeth? Why yeah, why not? Why don't we listen? We'll about that later on, but standing by right now, Jesse the Body. It's going to be sensationally bad taste. Bad news as a journalist, I'm extremely interested in your revelation concerning Miss Elizabeth, specifically that she has done favors for World Wrestling Federation President Jack Tunney for special treatment, something that I've long suspected. The <laughs> Randy Macho Man Savage <laughs> no. has yet to defend Miss Elizabeth's honor, but Hulk Hogan what? claims that he will do what the Macho Man has failed to do. Your comments. Hulk Hogan! Hulk Hogan! Hulk Hogan's got enough problems with that Randy Macho Man Savage than to be messing around with Bad News Brown. That woman is all the problem. She's the one. She's already helped to split up the mega powers, and now she's getting between me and my title shot. Well, let me tell you something, you big dummy Hulk Hogan. You better wise up quick. That's right, you better wise up quick, because nobody, and I mean nobody, especially somebody with a woman in their corner, is going to get between me and that championship belt. Well, <laughs> Elizabeth will be in Hogan's corner tonight. <laughs> Thanks for the good news, Jesse, but let me tell you one thing, Hulk Hogan. I got some bad news for you. As the man who tells it like it is, I got to thank Bad News Brown for exposing the seamy underside to Jack. I mean, the words they used weren't, you know, it's open to interpretation, but. Yeah, he did say seedy, seedy kind of underbelly yeah. of Jack Tunney's. We uh, as adults know what he was referring to, yeah. but I guess the words he used, if you're a kid, you think, oh, well, maybe she. Uh, took it uh i don't know what, what. <laughs> um i should mention this show was taped just uh, when was it taped so it was taped uh 13 days after the nbc special uh, and it aired on march the 11th 1989 so this is just a few short weeks before uh before wrestlemania 5 let's listen in oh here we go we've got savage uh hogan and elizabeth i heard the accusations from bad news brown about miss elizabeth hulk i couldn't believe some shut up mean gene <laughs> don't repeat those filthy lies bad news brown <laughs> baby face elizabeth. can't yeah. you see she's heard enough and the macho man 
Your actions hurt Liz even deeper, brother. But what almost dug the grave six feet under was the way you, Macho Man, put Elizabeth between you and I, destroyed the mega power team. That's what hurt her the most. All right, Hulk Hogan, is that the reason that you have challenged the Macho Man Randy Savage for the World Wrestling Federation Championship in WrestleMania V? I guess you could say that's what put me over the edge, man. But I started seeing it coming a long time ago, man. I saw the jealousy in the Macho Man's eyes. I saw how he couldn't handle the fact that Elizabeth was doing a good job managing me, too. But as far as you go, bad news, Brown, I'm going to do something for Elizabeth that the Macho Man couldn't do. I'm going to stick up for her and defend her honor tonight on Saturday night's main event. But let me tell you something, Macho Man. You're next at WrestleMania 5. You're hanging on to the last thing that's keeping you alive, the WWF Championship, brother. And at WrestleMania 5, I'm going to take my belt back from you. All Let's right, go, I thank you. First things first, on to Bad News Brown. Vince, I don't believe I've ever seen Hulk Hogan in that state of mind. How are people cheering this guy is what I want to know. Yeah. I think we wouldn't have been cheering him if we'd have been watching this at the time. We'd have been cheering Randy Savage, wouldn't we, I think? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's ha so Hogan's out with... Um, actually, well, I might skip back to that and just see whether he does anything inappropriate with Elizabeth, like blows in her neck or something. <laughs> See, Elizabeth looks relatively pleased there, which it's not. I, I, it's not really, I think she should be. She wasn't really playing that that way in the interview, was she? No, no, no. There was definitely concern. That's what she was conveying. Like, um, yeah, I don't really understand her that. usual self. No, I'm going to skip forward to the finish. I'm interested to see how they got out of this match. I presume it was leg drop and uh, the end for bad news. Unless he just walked straight out. Here we go. longer this is going to go. I rate, punch, punch, punch. Oh, it's a... Surely that's a DQ, isn't it? Apparently not. Oh, yeah, I flicked through this. He's looking for something that's not there. He goes backstage to get it. Oh, and does he come really back out again? Waiting for. Oh, he comes back out again. There's actually loads left to go, so I'm going to skip right yeah, forward. Yeah, it's, it's not good. No. <laughs> it was literally like a, a snowplow or something he grabbed, like a shovel. I don't know why. So this match goes on quite a long time. Well, Hogan's hulking up now. Come on. I just want to see what he does with Elizabeth afterwards. There we go. Hogan's won. Didn't see what happened. Now, is she really celebrating this? Because this wasn't... The, this was... I guess she kind of is a little bit, but that wasn't the kind of character that she was playing. She was playing it pretty straight at WrestleMania, wasn't she, I think, from memory? Yeah, well, I think that continues from what we're going to see later in this show. It was like that her mind was... Oh, Elizabeth, no. Did you see what she just did then? Yeah. She did that. She did the cupping of the ear. That's a disgrace, Elizabeth. But I think she did that a few times in Mega Powers matches. 
Oh, but that's okay. But not when she's out there with just Hogan. Let's have a let's have a listen to what she, her explanation, which she's got to say, say for herself here. And uh, now this, before you get going, I have watched, and this is oh, yeah. really, her performance is excellent in my opinion. Oh, What's okay, this? okay, interesting. She's out to Randy's music. She's changed dresses. I wonder if this is, yeah, it would have been all taped at the same time. Like WrestleMania 4, she changed dress every match. Yeah. She? All right, here we go. Let's listen in. And her accent's really, really southern. I never knew that until this. Yeah, we'd be cheering that, wouldn't we, if it was me? Yeah, and yeah, definitely. You're booing Hogan out of the building. This is the hardest decision I've ever had to make in my life. This is very sudden, isn't she? Did you hear someone shout, because come in my I corner? <laughs> for both men. I like how she's taking time to compose herself. It's very genuine. I like yeah, it. she's really good here. This is a decision I never thought I'd have to make. This is, this is tremendous, actually. I just... I hoped it would never come down to this. And the crowd are hanging on everything. They quiet down just as she's hot. Are you going to be in Hulk Hogan's corner for WrestleMania 5? No, no, I'm not. You see one guy really cheering in the background. <laughs> Savage is really good here as well. Yeah.
Listen oh, to that. Yeah. Out comes Last Hogan. And then this bit, I bet Vince is screaming at himself. Turn around, Elizabeth, turn around. Yeah, yeah. So you can see he's about. this was a real life situation and you were like best friends with Randy Savage and his wife or partner was your manager but there was these problems surely the right thing to do would be look it's been great working with you Elizabeth but actually uh, your you, you know my friendship with you both is more important so if you need me to take a back seat for a little bit of time then I will do. That's the real babyface response, is it not? Not keep not clinging on to her as a manager and destroying their relationship. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I can. I, I don't think Hogan's completely out of line. Um, I think that is the most practical solution to their problem. But yes, <laughs> we they never really said at this point, nineteen eighty nine whether Macho and Elizabeth were romantically linked. They never well, were. They, they said it on the main event, didn't they? The, the love between a man and a woman. Well, uh, well, wasn't it Hogan who said it? Yeah, Hogan said it, but I think that's yeah. what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I, th- I, I, know. I know what you mean. It I wasn't don't, so I don't overt, think it, was it? I didn't think it ever was mentioned one way or the other until the, the proposal leaded into SummerSlam 91. Yeah, I guess like, they never sh- kissed, they never embraced. It was just... No, but I guess they embraced it. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. It was a very PG non-overt relationship wasn't it but yeah. i think we were supposed to believe that randy and elizabeth were more than just yeah it's interesting i wonder what they said in commentary i think well it's stuff like uh wrestlemania 4 main event um they said uh gorilla said to jesse no jesse said to gorilla who would you prefer elizabeth or vanna white and gorilla was like uh elizabeth and um, then he was like, oh, what do you think, Jesse? And he was like, Vanna. And he was like, because you'd have to fight Randy for Elizabeth. So I think, you know, mm. it was sort of said, wasn't it? And then Gorilla was just like, oh, I didn't think you meant like that. I thought you just meant as a nice person. It's like, yeah, come on. <laughs> we all know what you meant. Um, yeah, so I, I think it wasn't it wasn't a verdict. It wasn't like, you know, slammed down your face like something like relationship. Yeah, if, if, we knew, if they'd said they were married in real life, that's different than what yeah. we saw on TV, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right, let's listen to Randy's show-closing uh, uh, interview backstage with Gene Oakland. We'll get on out of here. The lovely Elizabeth, that she would not be in the corner of Hulk Hogan for WrestleMania 5. She also made it official that she would not be in the Macho Man's corner either, Randy. I don't need Elizabeth. I don't need anybody. I'm the champion. You understand that? You understand that? Oh, he fell over then. Wow, that's quite something. And that is it. 
from what was this the march the 11th night nice episode of saturday night's main event so just a little bit of follow-up i thought that follow-up was pretty good actually wasn't it? i suspect there's probably yeah. more angles and stuff on um on uh superstars and the such like so what are your final thoughts on you know the mega powers exploding and this all the stuff that we've seen on the episode this evening well from the miss elizabeth point of view i think the bump where randy landed on a at the main event and then the promo she just did at saturday night's main event they may be two of her absolute greatest moments yeah on camera for me because like i said uh, on our previous podcast i was critical of her saying her effectiveness she was one of the most useless managers in wrestling history because she she rarely rarely got involved but they gave her they gave her something big to work with there with that promo and um yeah a, a big spot which was to let macho man land on her head and um i thought she came through with flying colors it's a shame they didn't do more of it in later years really yeah definitely yeah, because we didn't really hear her at all, even in 91 when she came back, did, did we, at all? I, like I, like I said, I didn't know she had such a broad southern accent until that promo we just heard with me and you. No, no but I think this, you know, this, this apart from, as you said, some of the Hogan, you know, poor improvisation stuff, but it's not, it's, it's so bad, it's good. It's not like, I don't know, I don't know how to put it really. It's not like just terrible. It's it's it's, it's so worth watching. The whole thing was so good. So, yeah, it's, it's been really good looking back on this this time period. Um, really one of the one of the best story it's got to be top three storylines I've ever done and in fact yeah. Savage's Savage's art when you think about the the, the moments in that I mean I, I you know Hogan was the one that was the big draw in the company uh, and you know one of the biggest superstars of all time but when you think about Savage's moments the the, four, the Wrestlemania 4 tournament being the chosen one after Hogan the Wrestlemania 5 like one of the best turns and year long builds then you had a couple of years of him being a heel um, to vary, you know, varying degrees of success, but a little bit more of a run with Hogan, and then you got the, the reuniting at WrestleMania um, seven, and then the wedding. I mean, and then he got the world title again back at back at um, WrestleMania eight, didn't he? So I think that WrestleMania four to WrestleMania eight four year period for his character is quite something, really. Even through, even yeah. when he add it add on to SummerSlam ninety two, because him and Warrior had a cracking match at SummerSlam ninety two as well. Part, you know, I know he was about to lose a title when he didn't draw that well as champion in that role. But yeah, incredible stuff. Any final thoughts, Mark? Before we get on out of here? No, I mean, just following on from what you said there, I think it was it was just Vince McMahon's mindset at that time after the SummerSlam main event, SummerSlam ninety two main event. Uh, later that year, he turned forty, and in Vince's mind, that was it. He, he, he wasn't. He was too old to be one of his main guys. And then he started commentating and had the occasional match, and he was gone. What a year, uh, two years, two years later, and it's a shame because obviously now in, in this day and age, forty year old, it's not young, but for a professional wrestler, but it's certainly not too old. There's, I'd no. say, ha- half half the WWE rosters in the forties. And they look yeah. really good doing it. Well, Bret Hart's 97 run was 39.40, wasn't it? So, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. Um, interestingly, um, I, I, I didn't talk about this on the WrestleMania 4 Random Wrestling Review podcast. It was in my notes. Around the choice of Savage, Savage was o- older than Hogan. He was a year older than Hogan. Yeah. So they go from Hogan to Savage to someone. So it was 35 when he got that title. So it's interesting, isn't it? But I guess that he was the he was the pick, wasn't he? I can't think, you know, Ricky it, it, Steamboat, maybe, but obviously he was going yeah. afterwards. So that would have led into it. But I think he, unless you're going with a heel, and they weren't ready to be a heel promotion at this stage, were they, really? So well, I think with with somebody other than Hogan being the champion, it had to be someone who could, as we saw, team with Hogan and, yeah. and be linked to Hogan. 
and not be overshadowed by him. I think yeah. someone like Steamboat would just be blown out of the water. Imagine them two doing a promo together compared to the macho man who had such a distinct, such a loud, big persona. Someone like Steamboat just would have been wrong. And and later years, imagine someone like Bret Hart. We love Bret Hart, obviously, both of us. Um, but again, in, in a promo between the two of them, I just I just would not see it. Working. Yeah, I think Brett would have been um, Brett would have been really overshadowed. I think in, the, in yeah. this period, and it wouldn't have been. Uh, you know, Brett was the kind of new generation could have good matches with people, but it wasn't really about that then. There were some good matches flying around, but this, this was a different different time. Mark, it's been a pleasure as always. I think that uh, Alice will next hear your voice on the to be arranged prediction show um, for Oof. 2023, and the 2022 one is very interesting, our, our answers, <laughs> given everything that's happened in 2022. So I look forward to that. Um, you can find Mark, where's your, what's your, I haven't done this for a long time, giving out people's Twitter addresses on, on air, but it's at Dopper6 on Twitter, isn't it? And what is it on Instagram? Uh, the same, yeah. D-O-P-P-E-R, the number six. So Twitter, we are recording this a few weeks ahead of time, so Twitter could have, could have been no more by the time that you're listening to this. So hopefully yeah, that's Yeah, I'll be on Truth case. Social before long, I think. And uh... Yeah, I heard of that. Well, yeah, someone said That's Donald that. Trump's uh, alternative Oh, is it? Okay, that's not what I was thinking of. That's then, not actually. the one you've heard of. No, yeah. that's not the one I've heard of. Because I know that the, the guys at Wrestling Random, Random Wrestling Review have signed up for something as well. So, And I've put us on Instagram now. So we're at ProWMoments on Instagram. And our following is just out of control. I think we're up to five as of the last uh, the last six. So it's just going to grow and grow, grow. You're one yeah. of them and I'm following you back. So that's all good. Right, Mark, thanks very much again. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And we should speak to you all again very soon. Striking up. Look out here.